Welcome to Reality TV PhD. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Here's the deal. M and I were both in school for far, far too long. We decided it was time for us to climb out of the ivory tower and plop onto the couch to talk about our favorite academic subject, reality TV. From dating shows that make you question the future of humankind, to competition shows with 40-plus seasons, to that one show about a farmer trying to find a wife, for better or worse, we watch it all. We're here with hot takes, dissertations about topics you never asked for, and questions you wished another student would ask so you don't have to. Class has begun. Hi, Em. Hey, Christina. Was this one of the greatest weeks of television ever? I almost actually had us start a new game at the top where I was going to have us rate this week in reality TV on a scale of one to 10, with, like on the count of three. But then I was like, the era that we're in, it's going to be like nines and tens. It's a 10 for me. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no point in doing it, even though kind of just did it anyway. Do you know what the two reasons are? That this week was amazing? Mm-hmm. For me personally. For you, okay. Let me actually think about this. Why was this week amazing for Christina? Well, obviously because of Survivor Australia and the winner. Yes. What would the other one be? Don't tell me. Actually, can you tell me the show? Low Deck. Oh, because it was Captain Lee's send-off party thing? Yes. Lord help me. <laughs> 20 minutes of gold. Okay. Well, I guess we're already there. Were those your <laughs> were those the highs of the week by chance? No, I kept myself to one high this week and okay. it was Survivor Australia. Sure. What about it? Riveting conclusion. I loved the winner. I loved George's gracious loss. I love when people see the game for the game and walk out happy. And I also really enjoyed this one moment and there were a few throughout the season where this happened but where liz called jerry out on his shit for saying that women would just vote for women because hashtag girl power mm -hmm. and she did it in the moment mm -hmm. Ugh, what a winner what a winner my highs there's some overlap i only have two one of them I mean, obviously, the whole Survivor Australia finale was amazing. My specific high was Liz's husband. I just... I love him. I loved him. He was... Boyfriend or husband? Oh, I don't know. Maybe boyfriend. He was unexpected to me. I don't even know what I was expecting. But he had like a rat tail, mullet haircut situation. And he was wearing those like white socks that go up past the ankle. So he does fashion. He does? He's the designer of her shirt. Oh my God. Wow. Which is on its way to me right now. Get out of here. You ordered a they know? <laughs> I did. Are they still available? Because now I want to get one. Oh, look, it wasn't cheap. <laughs> How are you willing to share? Well, with shipping, it was like $75. Oh, that's okay. I thought you were going to say like, like no. Brett, Brett said about his luggage, $1,200. Oh. I loved that. Okay. Yeah, I need buy it. Buy it for life. Okay, maybe I'll buy it. I'm actually going to make a note of, to myself to buy the shirt if they're still available. I should have just bought one right we'll when link they released. 
Um, we'll link it everyone. Okay. Did not know that. I love that he's in fashion. My second high, because sometimes I feel like I don't give enough love to the, some of the shows that I am always, you know, up to date on. They're just less discussed was one of the contestants on the most recent episode of American Idol. His name is Cam Amen. And yeah, he's amazing. Recommend. I was feeling like I didn't want to move off my couch one day this week and I watched like an hour of The Voice. Yeah. I used to watch that a lot when I was in law school. I watched it every day that yeah, it was I would, on. I would watch like YouTube videos of the ones where every where it's like, I don't know what it's called, where they all turn around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty fun, but it is the moments where they don't turn around are really painful. painful. And I caught the end where like they only have one spot left to fill. Oh, so there weren't turnarounds. That was hard. I would cry if I was invested <laughs> for sure. Well, I would cry at anything that's not inanimate. <laughs> okay, lows of this week. Here's my low of the week. I'm watching the Challenge World Championships, which is spinoff from the MTV franchise of the challenge. And this season is like, it's like CBS took over the challenge and they had the challenge happen in the U S Australia, I think Argentina and the UK. So they had reality TV contestants and those countries compete. And then they brought back the winners slash high performers for this like world championship um version of it so it's like almost like the olympics kind of for you it is well for me it is the olympics <laughs> and the format is so there's these like four i can't even count four countries or whatever and they're the format is they're each paired up with an like an iconic player from MTV the challenge so like i don't know how familiar you are but like Wes Bananas Darrell they're on as the partners to what they call the MVPs, which are these people from the reality TV shows in these different countries. And my low is that they always talk about like Team Australia, Team Argentina, Team UK, but their partners are almost all Americans. And so it is so hard for me to keep track of who is representing what country because it'll be like Johnny bananas. And well, actually in that one, it's Justine from, from, uh, love Island. U S is a contestant and paired with Johnny bananas, but whatever there's like these like quintessential American challenge competitors paired with someone in Australia and they're called team Australia. And I'm, I know we're going to cover this show with a guest lecture in a couple of weeks. And I'm just nervous because I can't keep track of the countries. So that's my low. It's like how this season of Are You the One was apparently like, Are You the One Without Borders? And they brought people in from other countries and it was 0% relevant. (laughs) Yeah. Did not matter. Did not matter whatsoever. I'm like, can we just not say the different country lines? Remember when, did you watch The Bachelor Winter Games? Like parts, I dropped in for parts of it. And they brought people from other countries for that. Yeah. Medium relevant. Medium relevant. By the way, we're pro bringing people from different countries. Oh, just like just do in case a better we job, it, just like integrating it. Yeah. yeah, no xenophobia here. Just like 
maybe intentionally integrate it into the show plot. Yeah, like and make it. it make it a purposeful part of the structure of the game, or like don't talk about it so much. Choose choose a lane. Choose a lane. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any lows? I have one that's unique to me, and then I believe we share a low. One of my lows is Farmer Wants a Wife, which I've continued to watch, and which I, I continue to think should be named Farmers Want Wives. Wives, but I. I've thought about this more this week, and there's a part of me that wants you to watch this so that we can talk about whether this is a low or just a different kind of reality show. Mm -hmm. So over the last two episodes, there have been several moments where the girls have complained to the farmers, like, you're moving too slow, Mm. or I'm not getting any time with you, you're not talking to me different than bachelor criticisms yeah it's more i think a product of the fact that these women have watched dating shows and these men have not and they have expectations about how it should look and the men are just like i want to say like untouched by like the reality tv universe is it also totally wrong but is it also like potentially the fact that they're like busy running a farm or is that not a part of it no because it's it's almost like they get in these group date situations and then the men don't talk to them (laughs) i love that at the rodeo (laughs) i love that so i'm actually like these men are real i think which Uh is rare in these shows these days like it's it's so strange to have someone that doesn't really even know the genre and again i could be so off base it's just so it makes for weird watching but you might find it interesting since you'd like to watch people interact yeah i do honestly i'm I'm listening to you talk i'm like why is this hello this sounds fascinating i also one of the not challenges but i guess just like experiences of life on a farm this week was watching them castrate tag and flip cows Okay, next, next low. The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. What I want to say before we get into this is it took me four days Mm -hmm. to watch the finale. Thank you for doing that. And I I think that really says what I thought about it. I couldn't even listen to recaps about it. That's how little I. So honestly, I put it as a low, but I didn't watch it. Nor did I I listen to a recap. So I don't even know why it's a low, but. Oh, I know. I remember why I was I did turn I did turn it on and I was so like uninterested. That's when I switched to watching American Idol YouTube videos. I have nothing to say about it other than. All right. This is what I think about it. Okay. (laughs) I feel that. Well, I I think my prediction was 100 percent right from the last week that the reason the sex week combos had to happen was because he knew he was picking Katie. That is who he proposed to. But he also knew he slept with Gabby and he was going to have to come clean about that. There were a lot of memes going around about how, you know, Zach is now the most hated bachelor. And and I I don't really like that. I think it would be hard to be a lead on any of these shows with the ways in which production manipulates you. And what I think was his sort of mistake is how much he bought into this show and the idea that this is a journey, this is a process, you must do it this way at the expense of the women that he was dating. He kept telling Gabby until the last moment, I'm doing the process. I'm like committing to this. I'm waiting until the last minute. 
to make my decision, which is how they set up The Bachelor, right? Like you date, you then you decide. It's not like this is some proven thing where like you're going to get true love if you follow how it works. I think we've seen people have the most success by committing to the person they they know they're going to be with and like really telling that person that that's it's them and not stringing one or two of them along. And when he proposed to Katie, he said, I'm no longer falling in love with you. Long pause. Cut to her really distressed face, rightfully so. And then he says, I'm completely in love with you. I mean, why would you do that to the woman you actually love if not for like the television value? I, I, that was sort of the thing that I think ruined it is, you know, he was the bachelor. He drank the Kool-Aid and it didn't look good on how he handled his relationships. And I think he unnecessarily tormented the the final women. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch, so I can't really comment. I'll just say as someone who enjoys or not enjoys, but maybe takes rules and structure like a little bit too seriously (laughs) myself. I do think that some people have a, have a harder time remembering that rules and structures are just like social constructs. Oh, so true. And again, another moment where you push me towards more empathy. Like I could very much, I know you wanted me to talk about this. He sort of reminds me of my brother in some ways. Shout out. I love you, Steven. Thanks for listening. Um, hey, Steven. And I could also see him. I could see my spouse too. Like all the people I love dearly getting lost in the rules of something and forgetting sort of the other element of it. And, and I do think he's a good guy. I, he's not on my most hated list. I don't really have negative feelings, but it, I could see him being caught up in it for sure. For sure. And it was hard to watch at the for end. Sure. <laughs> mm. Zach. Good, good luck. luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have to say. Yep. Some open questions for this week. One that I have is just the phenomenon of the public dissecting and scrutinizing apologies that reality TV contestants make. Interesting phenomenon. I'm not sure what the exact question is. I guess my question is kind of like, does it really matter what the public thinks of the apology? Should it just matter about whoever the person is apologizing to and what they think about it? Yeah, I... I mean, in the case of the examples, I mean, thinking some, of Micah. Yeah, I'm thinking of Micah. Like in some in some contexts, when it's a more like a politically relevant or or like more socially relevant moment in time, or just in general topic. But like you being mean to someone on a show, I just feel like what what's important is that you apologize to the person you are mean to, and they accept your apology. And I just have seen increasingly number of Reddit posts where people are like dissecting the, the whether or not the apology was like a quote unquote good apology or not. And I was like, well, they just, did they yeah. hurt you? They didn't hurt you. I mean, I, I feel like I just, I think about this in the general trend of like, you know, quote cancel culture and like people then having to issue these like apologies, you know, to the masses. And I'm even thinking about previous bachelor contestants that have had to do it for some of their behavior, you mm-hmm. know, not even related to the show. And, and yeah, there's this so much parsing of, of the actual apology and not so much like 
the impacted party saying whether they accept it or not. And yeah. I think the, the parsing of the language is just a distractor Yeah, of, you know, what's actually going on. Agreed. Agreed with you. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was something that you have the wrong take about, which is <laughs> you like it. We learned that <laughs> Charity's upcoming season of The Bachelorette, there is a twist and the twist is her brother is going to be undercover as a contestant so that he can get all the tea about the dudes and what's what they're saying about her and what's going on in the house and be her little mole. I love this. Okay. I don't know if this is going to extend beyond episode one, but you like it regardless. You just want this. I don't care. <laughs> what I okay. do- Well, here's what I don't want. I don't want me to not know that he's her brother. <laughs> And I don't want them to have romantic interactions with one another. Like, no, but I do like the twist as long as I know that it's a twist and two. Yeah, I think it was just the setting up of Jesse saying, you know, we have someone, we have someone from your past. That's what got you. And then having the brother step out of the limo. I just hated it. Like, yeah, don't do that. But yeah, I like the dynamic of having... The brothers undercover okay good we agree all right my question for you update to the listeners i finished out last i watched okay. it all in one sitting so good i think we're gonna have to talk about it in another episode yeah. it has so much to discuss i mean i don't know i don't know if i've ever seen a show like it yeah so one character also known as a person javi says <laughs> I always say characters. I'm character like, oh, they are real people. <laughs> Formerly known as a human being. <laughs> That's a problem for me. Javi <laughs> says, you can't win without cheating. But as they've talked about, there are no rules in Outlast. Mm-hmm. And I was really curious for you. How, how could you enjoy a show without rules? How did I enjoy? Oh, because... You're asking me how, as someone who loves rules, Mm -hmm. uh, how I could possibly have enjoyed a show that had no rules. Mm -hmm. Wow. I wish you had sent me this question beforehand because this is a hard question. Yeah. And and even Javi saying you can't win without cheating. I mean, well, I disagree. I disagree with that. Well, what would you think if I said that there being no rules is a rule? Okay. Well, I don't know. Is the absence of something something? Well, you're taking it a step too far. We're talking about this one (laughs) single moment. I'm not here to get about all Buddhist with you on this topic. (laughs) Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. I think the thing was, is there was not a shared language or understanding about what the rules were. Javi was still playing by societal norms. Yeah. No, I mean, other people weren't. So this is probably why you liked it, because you just were thinking about this the whole time. It's like the clashing of the concept of how people are thinking about rules or lack thereof. Which I think will be a future office hours for me is discussion around the lawlessness of Alaska. Please. I was loving all of that, especially the people that didn't know Alaska was in the U.S., a common belief. I'm not like judging. I've heard this from many people. Okay. Can't wait to talk about it, everyone. All right. Another question for you from the Bachelor universe. Do you think there is a distinction between 
being in love with someone and falling in love because it is incredibly bifurcated in the bachelor universe. People always declare when they are falling in love and then they say, I have now, I am in love. Yeah. So there's this podcast that I love game of roses where they actually have names for this. And I'm, I don't remember the exact mappings, but it's like love level one, love level two, love level three (laughs) and love level four, I think is I'm in love with you. Do I think that they're different? You're coming at me with some hard, hard open questions. Well, they can remain open. They might have to remain open. This one's a hard one. I feel like the the bigger problem is that people think that being in love with someone is static. Mm. And that really to be in love with someone is to fall in love with them every day. What do you think about that? You are such a romantic. I'm disgusting myself. But it is true. And I've thought about this contractually. (laughs) Wow, the look that Emma's giving me. But the idea that when you enter into a marriage, you're signing a contract Mm -hmm. that is never renegotiated, which Mm -hmm. is not the norms for contracts, right? Like you don't have something that is supposed to last until death and never look at it again, you know? And if you're lucky, that's like 60 something years maybe. Mm -hmm. And I think of it the same, right? Like you are constantly re-examining and renegotiating your love with someone. Like it is not static. Yeah. The day you say yes to someone is not what your life is five years later. And I think that's a good thing. Like that's beautiful. But it's weird to not acknowledge that and to be like, I have now fallen in love with you. Agreed. Agreed. And so I don't know if they're, they're different, but I think it's it's fault it's a false belief it's mis- it's potentially misleading to think that they're different mhm yeah how's that answer i love it okay. i love that answer we have some questions from listeners we're going to set up a better way to get these questions because right now we're just like fielding them from all sorts of sources and so uh keep your eyes peeled for <laughs> christina's going to solicit them somehow in a one place on instagram follow us on instagram Shoot us a DM, but I'll try to put a question box where you can tell us what we should be talking about, what we should be watching, what you want us to cover in office hours. Let us know. Let us know. A couple of questions just really quickly. We'll just kind of rapid fire through these. Someone says that they desperately want to understand our broader reality TV landscape. What are their subgenres we abhor? Where should listeners expect gaps in our coverage? Like, are we into survivalist shows and where, so like, basically what's the taxonomy of our reality TV lives? Yeah, I guess we never really covered this, but my taxonomy, Christina's is actually, I think, broader than mine. Mine is like a lot of the Real Housewives franchises, Below Deck Sailing Yacht, can't wait for that to come back, Top Chef, oftentimes like cooking, like the big brunch, things like that, Love is Blind, Perfect Match. So I would say Netflix and Bravo heavy but then also The Bachelor and Survivor. And in terms of, there's a follow-up question from this listener, international reality TV, like we talk about Australian Survivor, but are we also watching The Love is Blind in like Japan and Brazil? Um, So like cultural differences, will that ever be covered? So I watch all of the Survivors. There's Survivor South Africa which I also watch, but I don't, I haven't really delved a lot into 
other love is I have never watched another love is blind outside of the US but I will say in the future we are going to have a guest who is getting their PhD in social psychology who studies culture and romantic relationships and she does watch all the love is blinds and so really excited to talk about that there but I guess that would be a gap for sure for me and then I'm sure there's other gaps like I don't watch farmers want wives <laughs> But maybe you will. But maybe I will, but probably not. <laughs> I would say I'm pretty much open to anything. I have watched The Circle France, but my gap is definitely international, which I hope to remedy perhaps this summer because I'm really curious to to mm-hmm. see sort of just as Emma articulated, like the cultural differences and romantic relationships. Because I even saw that in Love Trip Paris where the men they placed a lot of emphasis on the first kiss and how Mm. it meant something way more than just a kiss. And the women were not understanding that. And I really enjoyed watching them navigate that. For me, the big gaps are, I don't watch stuff that I feel to be exploitative, which Mm. obviously I think that's super subjective, but so a lot of stuff on TLC, I think that are like, you know, I just think about some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff. I can't. I can't watch it. Like, I've watched ha- some married, married at first sight, married at first sight, and some ninety day fiance. Is that TLC or? I don't know which one that is, but that's okay. I guess I'm thinking of toddlers and tiaras or like oh. um, shows about hoarding I, stuff where we like other people and don't let them in on what we're laughing at. It makes me feel really icky. And mm-hmm. then I would say there's another gap, but I'm I'm super open. I will watch anything that Netflix puts out. I've realized I'm just do you watch big Big brother so i've never seen oh my big gaps in life are big brother and amazing race okay and i've not consistently watched top chef it's very on and off for me and i i really and drag race those are huge my big gaps in life (laughs) recommendation from a listener to watch naked and afraid extra large i think that's what xl means okay Okay, we. I honestly will. Yeah, I will too. <laughs> we don't need Wait. to know anything. Yeah, we're down. <laughs> okay. Seminar. Where should we start? Just, I mean, generally, like, what did you, how did you feel about the ep? I continue to feel sort of medium. I think this season is exciting to me purely for Carolyn and Jam Jam. Mm-hmm. which is always not great. Like if I'm just resting it on two people and ignoring all the other plot stuff happening, I I wonder if I'm going to feel satisfied by the end. So I would say I'm a solid like six, 6.57. That's pretty high yeah, just because it's survivor. Really high. I, I just, it's, you know, I watch it every week still, but I, I don't know. What do you think? I'm honestly at like a three. Ooh. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing in my mind where I stop associating it with survive. I like, I like try to separate it from my love of survivor as a show and just think like, what if I'd never seen survivor before? I didn't know what it was. And I just like turned on this random reality TV show. What would I think of it as a reality TV show? And it's just like so much worse than the other shows we have right now. Like it's to me, it's so much worse than the traders us so much worse than love is blind. I think. And I say this with no disrespect to the the people cast who are this. I think they have to stop casting super fans. Mm-hmm. And 
the things that I've liked about recent seasons and the modern era of Survivor is how they have really leaned into a diverse cast. I think that has made it all the better. For sure. So if they could continue that on the upward trajectory and then decrease the super fans, maybe we'd get a good mix again. I agree with you. Some points for this week. I think the episode opened with Carson and Kane nerding out. They called themselves nerds. They said they were nerding out. And Kane was like, I'm so glad Carson, you're fine. Like you're on this tribe now. They're both young, youngish men. And Kane says, it's just me here with all the old people. And all they want to talk about is food. But I want to talk about things like the Jedi, which I don't even know what the Jedi is. I think it's a Star Star Wars Wars reference. But my question for you, Christina, (laughs) I I have seen like no movies, by the way. Titanic, The Matrix, name a good movie. I probably haven't seen it. So anyway, my question for you is if you could only talk about either the Jedi or food for the rest of your life, what one would you choose? I already only talk about food. Okay. And so, that's the, and that's, that's that answer. I also this conversation when people self-identify as nerds i don't know specifically in the way that they were doing most people m accepted can talk about star wars and lord of the rings (laughs) they are not nerd identifiers yeah i would even say is is dungeons and dragons even a nerd identifier now like there is a blockbuster movie on it in theaters right now Nerds write into me because I feel as though those two, three options are not, it doesn't really set you apart anymore. Even cosplay, I wouldn't even say is nerdy because so many people do it. And I now have a new understanding of how it relates to gender roles and identity expression. So, you know, what are nerds? What are nerds? Is what I want to say. That's all we actually wanted to say about this episode of Survivor. Just kidding. We have a few more things to say. (laughs) All right. What else you got? What else I got? I got, I think, what's a breath of fresh air in this episode and why I just love humans so much is that even though you know you're playing a game and social relationships are so important and like it's super important that people like you, there's still just some people who rub each other the wrong way. And I love that. I love watching people just straight up not like, like just not be a good friend fit and how like uncomfortable that makes them feel when they're both perfectly fine people and like have great relationships with other people. So I love that. It's like, we can't even overcome our distaste for some people, even when we're like trying to win a million dollars and it's really important. So some moments of that where Carolyn reveals that the person that was voted off last week, Sarah, I think that was her name. Like, she just like really didn't like her. And I was like, why? She seems so fine. But I just like love that she just had some just <laughs> didn't like her. And then Carolyn and Josh had this moment where they like don't like each other at all. And then Josh and Josh and Jam Jam had a moment where they don't like each other at all. And I was just like, I love that. I think when everyone's a super fan and just everyone's getting along and everything's kumbaya. Like, I like just seeing people being unable to overcome their dis- dislike. 
it was my favorite plot point on Australia was the Simon and George. Yes. Rivalry. It's like, it's so real. It's so real. You can't fake, you cannot fake when it, when it's something that just doesn't, that serves you so poorly game wise that, you know, it's not fake. Beautiful. I love it too. The other things are just, you know, unfortunately Matthew has to leave. And I know that Christina did some some digging about him having a more serious injury than we might have thought. But I just, as a viewer, I keep they keep replaying him climbing that wet rock and falling. And whenever they play that, I just feel, even though I'm someone who is oftentimes trying to look for the best in moments and people, I just feel like s- such little sympathy because why did you do that? I don't think I've ever cried when someone's been pulled from the game. Wow, you're cold. But I, I didn't cry for this. Definitely didn't cry. I almost okay. That's a good comment because I almost always cry when someone's pulled from the game. When Bruce was pulled, cried this season. Ooh. But this, I just felt like it's his fault. And then, yeah, the other point is just like I can't believe it's already merged. I feel like where did what's like what does what is time? What even happened pre-merge? I think this is another production point i don't think i like the shorter season i don't think we've had enough time to even hear about people talking about their merge strategy yeah it's been too quick and it's mostly been one tribe getting decimated (laughs) yeah it's not working for me especially with this particular season the shortness yeah i was listening to a, a podcast of i think i've mentioned it before this woman shannon Gus or Gates, who covers international Survivor seasons. And this last week, she had the producer of Survivor South Africa on as a guest. And they discussed the US season right now. And like, what she asked him as a producer, like, what's the like, the number one thing that he thinks is interfering with the quality of the season. And he was like, the length of the season. Because even though the cast is a little bit smaller now that it's shorter, it's not that much smaller. And he said that the critical days are the days off, like the days after tribal where there's no challenges of any sort. You're just around camp doing camp stuff. You're just getting paranoid about everything. You're just working on relationships and scheming and planning. And without that kind of breathing room, I think we are losing a lot. I think that might be it because on a very superficial note, I've been saddened to not have reward challenges. I find those to be so fun to watch. But it's that time when someone, Tony, is building a spy, you know, player. Spinest. Spinest. It's when they're talking about who is valuable because they caught us all the fish or who is being lazy because they're not preparing the rice. And it's the tasks and that breathing room that does allow the interpersonal relationships to really blossom on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now it's just like huge event after huge event, AKA Mm -hmm. the tribal councils and challenges. It's eliminating the stuff that you like most. And I guess I like most. Yeah. Look at us. We like the same stuff sometimes, but only sometimes. True. Did you have any, like, those were my only big points. Did you have any mage points? No, I don't have anything major. And my other point that I've written is, I think, a smaller point, which was the hilarious juxtaposition of Jamie 
plant lady saying that she is valuable and critical to the game and everything. And then her next conversation is with Franny. And she's talking about how she doesn't think Matt is a very good strategic player. <laughs> and like it, listeners have been following along Matt and Franny have something cooking. So the complete lack of awareness and not reading the room loved it really we good love, editing i was gonna say when the editors give serve that up to us uh i have her exact quote please i'm the most valuable player that anyone could interact with i just love the use of the word valuable because i don't know what that means like you could you could say something like i'm the most fun player i'm the most strategic or i'm the i'm the smartest but like valuable in what way the the one other like quote that I love, I didn't write down the exact quote, but it was the moment where there's this contestant named Josh who creates a fake community idol using the beads from the tree mail site, which is something that all contestants know what those like they've all seen it. And so he shows Jam Jam and Carolyn this fake idol. And I just in that moment, it takes a special kind of person to be shown that idol and say to the person's face, these are the beads from the tree mail, Josh. Like for me, I would not be able to call the person out like that in that moment. I would just be like, oh, okay, interesting. And then I would go pull my friend later and be like, you know that those are the beads from the tree mail and like he's lying to us. Like I could not do it to Josh's face. But Josh is doubling down and being like, no, they're not. And I was like, this is so painful. But I love Jam Jam for doing it. I love that Josh never wavered. Never. Not once. That's interesting psychology too. Like, when does it benefit you to just capitulate and after you've already lied? Mm. I don't have an answer. Yeah, because normally when someone lies on a show, I always say stick to it because how will they ever know? But like obviously these yeah, are the but they know. from the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last point I wanted to bring up. I I think I've changed my mind. I think there might be a kiss. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was thinking that to myself. It did cross my mind that I the, might win. We got an extended full torso contact hug this week. Full torso. And in the previews, did you see? Yes, I did at night. The hand holding. Mm-hmm. We haven't had TV like this since the early 2000s. You're not allowed to revise your prediction because you're just not allowed. They were set in stone. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just, I really want to admit when I'm wrong. And also, I actually don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know that Franny will like want that to be how she's remembered in Survivor. And I think she is thinking about that. But I am, we are getting more than I thought. Mm, mm, I can't wait. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> the Aries scream count for this week's ep four four one more was than the I hug would... <laughs> okay the hug one was before I even turned the episode on because the name of the episode was the third herd <laughs> yes and you know what some people love poop jokes and that's me <laughs> One was, are those the beads? I didn't even realize that until I'm rereading it. Tackled. I also screamed at some points during the snack Mm -hmm. meal with Carolyn and the two men. 
Mm-hmm. It was just so ridiculous. I, I, I was watching. <laughs> I think there was a moment where Carolyn stood up and was like, "All right, see you." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yep." Just tell them how you feel. That was a great scene. One of the best of the season for sure. My Taurus cry count. If you missed last episode of the podcast, we are now zooming this out to be any show I watched this week because this current season of Survivor is not really resonating with me and thus I'm not crying. So my cry count for this episode of Survivor was zero. What a shock. However, a couple of cry moments this week for sure, always. Survivor Australia, when the loved ones came out, prolonged cry. I don't stop crying until, I mean, from the beginning to the end, I'm crying. Liz winning, cried. Then I- um, I cried too. (laughs) It was so beautiful. So beautiful. And then I was watching that on Monday night and then I turned on The Bachelor and then I, as I told you, immediately turned it off to put on American Idol auditions from this season. So those always make me cry because they're just trying to emotionally manipulate you as a viewer. So I cried. So I based, I wrote down all Monday night was one continuous cry. <laughs> so no, no tears were dried. It was no tears. free flow. What? And then one cry count from Love is Blind, the new episodes, when Brett was just so openly loving Tiffany at the dinner with her friends and just like just so singing her praises and just making her feel so secure in front of her closest friends and the friends were crying. I cried. Do we have any honor rolls this week? No. I don't either. My like runner up, even though there's not even a winner. So I don't know if there's could be a runner up without a winner, but is whoever in production decided to let them just have a meal together instead of have them win more advantages at the island. Hello, rewards. The I know. greatest strategy talk happens at rewards. Let them eat some KFC. Let them eat cake FC. See what I did there. We are so excited to have our second ever guest on the pod here to discuss all things Love is Blind season four. And honestly, anywhere else the conversation takes us, here is Ed. Ed, we're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. This guest lecture moment is all about in my opinion, now that Survivor Australia is over, the best reality TV show currently on air. So Bold true. claims. Bold claim. Love is Blind season four. We have so much to discuss. We're just so lucky. I I feel so lucky to be saying Love is Blind season four. You know, I'm just so glad we made it this far. It's it's so great. I think it's going to keep on. Oh, I no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I see no end in sight. And I do no. think it's evolving in great ways as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We Before we that. really get into it and we are just chomping at the bit to do so. Ed, do you do you want to share a little bit of, to, for for the listeners any relevant context about who you are? If you want to share professionally, personally, anything. Last time this question didn't work out for me, but maybe you'll answer it. Longtime reality TV watcher here. Really excited to dig into things in in a real academic sense. I also have a terminal degree. I was just reminded before before I logged on to this pod. So I do feel like it is a it is an MFA. So, you know, 
Um, oh no, I'm getting thumbs up. So I feel like right oh, yeah. at home here, sort of in the, uh, we're doing, we're going to do some analysis and I love that. We're going to do some real analysis really quick. What is a terminal? What is a non-terminal degree? Like a BA is, is, isn't terminal because I know it sounds kind of, um, sort of morbid, I guess. I don't, I guess like a terminal degree, somebody definitely knows this. Christina definitely knows the actual answer but she's gonna let me keep spinning which is really nice like you got as far as you're gonna get it's like it's the end of the road you got your phd can't can't stay here no more but you could always get a different terminal that's degree. true that's what i was just thinking but then you just sort of reach you, you sort of back up and go to a different terminus it's terminus a word yeah terminal <laughs> christina help <laughs> well, that I can't answer, but yeah, yeah. You are a master of fine arts. Terminus, a final point in space or time. Okay. So we all have terminal degrees. And when you say Ed, that you were just reminded that you have a terminal degree, what, what did you see your diploma <laughs> on the wall? Uh, no, no, I haven't hung that up. Um, no, I was, uh, my husband was like, oh, it's great. It makes a lot of sense. You, you belong on this pod. Because you also have a terminal degree. That's what he said. He put oh. the words in my mouth. He told me not to talk about him, but I already broke that rule. <laughs> um, anything else about me? No, I was told that I'm not allowed to say that Em and I met at theater camp. And the good oh, news my. is, I don't know how to edit things out. <laughs> em has fully become her sweatshirt. Oh, God. Okay, well, thanks, Ed, for that. Really yep. great intro. 10 out of 10. Christina, I'm going to kick it over to you. Wow, I really wanted you to ask this question. But, Ed, to start off, yeah, is love truly blind? Here's the thing. Yeah, but only if you really show up for the experiment. Only if you really... And, and this relates to... Can I, can I get to my thesis? Oh, Can please. I sort of segue into my thesis? Please. Which uses some um, psychological terms that I actually don't know the definition of. So I'm really excited for M to sort of unpack this with me. I think that love is not blind for people who use the pods as transference and are sort of projecting, <laughs> you know, transfer, like, like, you know, is that, that's a word, right, M? It is, but I'm not a clinical psychologist, so. All right, so, so we're all flying blind here, <laughs> like love. Okay, for those who don't know what transference is, Ed, what is it? Like 1970s, like my analyst said, like you're, in, you're on the couch like two hours a day and you're like laying down and not looking at your analyst, but you're, and you're basically like transposing your long lost grandmother's face onto theirs and sort of using that to like work through whatever you're working through okay so people who are like doing that in the pods sort of like projecting another person or maybe even a version of themselves onto the wall and sort of treating the other person in the other pod not like another person like a stranger that they're meeting and dating but rather like somebody in their life already that they are seeking affirmation from or like forgiveness from it doesn't work it's not working and i think we've seen some of that this season 
And I'm interested to see where those relationships go. I really agree with your take because I created my own thesis about this show yesterday. And I was like, do we need pods or do we just need people to have free access to mental health support and healthy models of communication? Why not both, you know? (laughs) Pods and therapy. Yeah. I would Uh, probably propose like sequencing them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe not simultaneous interventions, but maybe therapy first and then the pods. I think that's true because I think, Christina, are you an Are You The One watcher? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it feels like on Are You The One this past season, we broke the fourth wall a little bit as far as they were like, because they were so bad at the game. And because also like all of, they were all into people who weren't their matches, they were like, when they started to try to get very strategic at the end, they were very openly like, oh, well, like, what did you guys tell the matchmaker? Right? They So it became very clear that, and I've not done any reading about the production process of Are You The One, but it sounded like from what they started to sort of mention on the show about the process, they sit down with somebody who does some kind of questionnaire and then matches them, which then primes them obviously for like all of the lines that they have, which is like, well, like, what are you looking for? Like, what kind of, like, what's your past, what's your relationship history? You know, what have you avoided in the past, been drawn towards the past, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, yeah. So like doing that kind of investigative work then before going to seek out, you know, the love that we're all here to find. Yeah. I love that idea. I went back and I watched the early pod conversations after we got to like where we've gotten to, which is always kind of deeply bizarre. But, and I know these two didn't end up together. Well, yet, but obviously I think it's going to continue to cause drama, which is Kwame and Micah. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry. This is actually was Kwame and Chelsea. So these people did end up together so far, but what their original conversation is, is Kwame talks about his career-ending injury that took him out of professional soccer. And she very generously is like, that must have been really hard for you. I bet people don't ask you, are you, like, I bet people don't acknowledge how difficult that was for you or, like, ask you about that a lot. And he talks for a long time and he's like, no, they don't. And it seems like in that moment, and perhaps we'll see that this is this sort of stood in for the relationship that I don't know if it'll if if it'll go on to success. But like that's not affirmation that he needed from a partner, but rather from like his past or like something like everybody else in his life, right? That he was like looking for, which I just thought was interesting. It was a very sort of emotionally Chelsea seems very emotionally mature to me, which I like. And then of course we have what the most interesting rich moment of the season so far as far as i'm concerned for many reasons which is zach and bliss bonding over their mutual love for uh leanne and if you watch the clip over i don't know have you seen it that and so many people have clipped this zach says leanne wombat zach says i hope you dance by leanne wombat no um, i swear Ed! to god Ed, you are a true scholar. He's like, what's your what's your favorite band or musician or song? And he's like, what's my favorite song? Well, I love I Hope You Dance by Leanne Wombat. 
And she says, oh my God, me too. And they bond over the fact that like that song to them is about both of their mothers. And then they cry together and she leaves the pods and she's like, somebody hug me. This is so crazy. But it's like, well, actually, it's not that crazy. Like, you both relate, like, the most famous song of, like, moms to your moms. And now, and and you have sort of substituted that in for, like, romantic connection in a way that I understand. It feels very sort of kismet, but I don't know that it's built to last, you know? I am so excited that you brought in that example because I noted that from the first week and I was just screaming at the idea that two people could connect over like a top 50 song and be like, <laughs> this, this is it. We must wed. And um, I, I love what you said. And now I'm just sitting over here just like thinking more about it, about the observation of people are going into the pods. And if you haven't clearly articulated what you need specifically from a partner, like what you're lacking in your life that a partner can fulfill versus what you're lacking in your life, that is something that not to say should, I don't like the word should, but that like in an ideal world should be fulfilled by friendships, family, other relationships and just being really clear about that. Like not to say that people who feel like they're lacking something in their other relationships in life can't be part of this experiment, but it's important, I think, to be really clear with yourself what exactly you need from a romantic partner, even if you're lacking things from other parts of your life. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that, but I think you're totally right. I mean, it does this season in particular does seem like a lot of people are processing some of like the heaviest things in their life with these strangers across from them in a pod, which again, as you've said so eloquently, I'm not sure is something we need our, our romantic partner, especially on a first date to handle. I think in a lot of reality shows that are dating focused, you see a lot of that sort of confusion around what the role of a romantic partner is versus every other person in your life like it doesn't have to be your best friend which that is like bachelor language 101 I've met my best friend and this it's like I want my best friend I want the therapist I want a weird mother dynamic I mean we we've got all the relationships in one and I feel like if you look at the track record of the love is blind couples that not only made it to the altar and said yes, but are still together, which to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, is only two. Cameron and Lauren from one and Alexa and Brennan from three. Amber and Barnett. Oh boy. You know, that's interesting. Who I know that, other- that I know what you're thinking and I, I know why that one seems like it might might well, because, falsify your hypothesis. Right. My hypothesis was going to be like, these are people who are so different from one another and really like which indicates that these people weren't going into the pods looking for somebody that just was like reflecting back at them like i also love i hope you dance or i think as christina also said last week also like love travel which is i feel like is also a common stand-in for like having shared interests which is also funny when one of you is literally a flight attendant 
Um, Wait, we're not. You think Christina's a flight attendant? No, no, no. no, the no. Girl, Amber. When when <laughs> Paul, Paul, I was like, how did you get that? Christina's spouse is a pilot, which is why I thought oh. I was like maybe Ed was doing some super deep dive and thinks that she's like a law professor by day and a flight yeah, yeah, attendant yeah. by night. Okay, got it. Um, speaking of deep, I really identified with um, Micah's mother. Her hundred percent incredible stalking of Paul. Um, no, sorry, Paul's no, mother opposite, for, his, yeah. her, for her, her incredible stalking of, of Micah. Okay, so my hypothesis was going to be that, like, it's very different people who aren't mistaking shared interests or, like, commonalities for romance. Yes. But I think Amber and Barnett are really similar, which does kind of throw a wrench in. But whatever, they can be sort of the... the... There's always an outlier. And by the yeah, way, if yeah. you're a uh, math moment, if you're calculating outliers in your data... It's not really a conventional way to do it. It's a very hotly debated topic. This is not really relevant to what we're talking about, but I have to speak on it because you said the word, or I guess I said the word outlier. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for it. Thanks for that suggestion, Ed. Um, but usually it's, you have to be like three standard deviations away from the mean. I digress. Ed, since we're already from kind of, go- since we're already kind of going there, we would love to like, this is just like a proposal for a structure. We'd love to go couple by couple with you. I'd love that. Okay. Christina, before we do this, I want to do a quick fact check. So there have been 17 couples that have made it to the altar and six are still married. Get out of here. Seriously? Who? From season one, we've named them. From season two, we have Ayana and Jarrett. No, they They broke up. They broke up. Oh, no. Wait. Okay. You know what we're seeing in real time is I don't know how to read a colored chart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Hold on. So two, okay, two from first season, and then the two from season three are still together. Who's the second from season three? Oh god. Colleen yeah. and Matt. Well, Ugh. none of us none of us want to believe that to be true. So we're gonna They were I did they were all uh Colleen and Matt and um Alexa and Brennan were all at medieval times together recently. So that's something. That is something, isn't it, Ed? I now ask every person from Texas I meet now, I ask if, I met people from Dallas last weekend and I ask if they've ever been to the North Texas Ballet to see Colleen, because that's where she dances, I found out. I I, I, I figured it out. I, I Googled that too. Yeah. <laughs> God, we have so many scholar moments. <laughs> so they announced this week that they are beginning casting in Denver, which is where I live. And I cannot wait. I'm going to get in. I'm not going to apply. Obviously, I'm married. But I am going to find people to apply because I need to know everything. You can then provide us with something interesting that occurred to me recently because we were, again, not to, my husband and I were like, oh, like, do you think we'd fall in love in the pods? And I was like, well, in what world? Like, in a world where we, like, didn't meet in college or, like, in a world where we, like, met in college and then we didn't get together and then we went on Love is Blind, in which case I'd just be like, Avi, is that you? Like, like we'd know, we'd get like. How do they make sure that nobody knows each other? And also, like, they're all from the same city, so like, it feels likely that there'd be like friend of a friend situation going on in a way that I don't know. I would be interested to know if that ever poses a problem. 
I think that voice recognition, I mean, you have to know someone pretty well to recognize their voice, I feel. so. Sure. But I'm saying like we never, and maybe they discourage them from doing this, but if I, I feel like if I was in the pod with somebody else from New York, I would be like, oh my God, like you work at like blah, blah, blah. Like, do you know my friend blah, 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 whose oh. husband works at that blah, blah, blah too? Like, I feel like that must happen like at least once. Yeah. It's a good point. I'm wondering if it's because I mean, I'm thinking more like Dallas is very spread out. Like it's not like a centralized city, you know, where it's like if you meet someone in Denver, you talk for 10 minutes and you can find some sort of commonality. Like, I I just wonder if it's because of the nature of at least Dallas. And then I wonder if I can't remember Atlanta very well. Like were people from Atlanta, but did they actually have a house in the suburbs, which then creates more distance? I don't yeah. know. If you're, you know. if you're Micah, do you, do you live in Seattle, but actually have a house in Arizona? Where do these people actually well, live? And also Kwame lives in Portland. Mm-hmm. And I think that like some, I got some sort of Google news suggestion that I didn't even click through on from um, about like some local paper about Zach going on it was like local attorney zach whatever goes on love is blind um and it seemed like he was maybe from like central or eastern washington and it but and it sounds like from what he's talking about on the show that he's like left where he was like working for some criminal defense firm i guess somewhere else and like left and is maybe starting his own firm in seattle so hasn't lived there yet but is moving there Mm, to live with who works in cybersecurity. So I bet she's figured it all out as far as how they all know each other. Well, let's start Let's start there with our couples. Let's start with, shall we start with Zach? Ed, do you have any um, thoughts about the, the bliss of it all? I feel kind of, I'm glad that they are staying in the experiment, kind of. I feel like there are a lot of people who are just think that like, yeah, they should be whatever. They're just in the real world now. So they should just date like, as if they met in the real world. And on the one hand, yes. But on on the other hand, like, I feel like the point, it's nice to stay in in the experiment and maintain the stakes of the experiment because something that I always find interesting too is it's like the way that they phrase, you know, you have to sort of buttress the stakes of opting in or out, right? Because now that we've been through a couple of seasons and seen people like, not say no, say no at the altar and then get back together. And right. There's like this idea that, okay, well, like we can just do the show and say no at the altar and then like go be normal people and date. But I think that that kind of defeats the purpose. Right. And you want to say like, okay, well, like stay in the experiment and get, and get through the end. The the way that the, the Lachey's phrase, it always is like, where you'll get to the altar and say, I do, or say goodbye forever. And I think we're always having to like buttress the say goodbye forever part a little bit because, you know, Raven and SK, although now they have said goodbye together. Thank God. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm glad that they're, that they're in the experiment. And I, I agree. I, I wish I agree. them the best. I wish them the best too. And I just want to say that I find that SK has made me feel unable to get excited about any couple this season because I was so excited about Raven and SK their season and and I'm like personally still affected by that news and his actions to the point where I feel afraid to get invested in in couples this season wow that's wow it is deep I 
Raven is someone who I had a real journey with as a person. And I think I'm with you on that. Like I really grew to love her. Yeah, me too. And I feel, you know, I feel personally wronged by SK. I'm still going to take a Pilates class of hers online. We'll update. Oh my God. Let us know how it goes. Uh, (laughs) Just a quick interjection here before we go on to the next couple, because I think it's interesting as we're talking about sort of couples across seasons. It's so funny. I've noticed the way that, and we've seen now like through, did you guys watch Perfect Match? Yes. Yes. Okay. We've seen now in Perfect Match, obviously sort of, right? These folks, they like, they all DM each other. They all sort of get, are getting to know each other on Instagram as all their shows are coming out. And that's lovely. And it creates such a rich tapestry. And I'm so excited for Perfect Match to continue to be so incredible. Um, But all I want is from is for Batsheva from My Unorthodox Life to be cast on season two. Um, well, I don't watch that. Okay, worth 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 getting into, or at least just sort of doing some doing some um, sort of guided guided. I could guide you through some some episodes, please. Um, so it's interesting to see how different folks from across seasons like identify with one another. Irina posted on Instagram and obviously just like some, uh, some random photo, but it's the last photo. So all of her comments are people being like, you troll, like you, you know, you broke Zach's heart. Like you're here for the wrong reasons, blah, blah, blah. And who jumps into the comments, but Shane being like, guys back off. Like I couldn't get out of bed after my season when people started coming after me. Like, you don't know what really went on, blah, 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 blah. And it's just really interesting to see how people kind of find one another across across time and really and I think it works both ways. I think the the theory that that Zeneb thought she was doing, like, although actually wait, I guess she debunked this because she hadn't seen season two, I guess was the ultimate. People were, I feel like, calling out Zeneb because they were, were like, you thought you were doing sort of a deep D alter moment, but you like really overstepped and went too hard on Cole. But then she she clapped back and she was like, I actually didn't even see season two by the time what you were filming which i think checks out um so i take that back but seeing shane sort of jump to defend arena was a funny like sort of just moment of who identifies as who you know can i just say something i really appreciate you as a as a guest and as a scholar on the pod ed yeah is that most people seek out examples that only confirm their hypotheses but so far in the various hypotheses you've you've presented You've also allowed consideration of things that reject your hypothesis, which is just very healthy approach and rigorous, I might even say. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Let's talk about Jackie and Marshall. All right. What do we think about them? The thing that I flagged most recently about them is when Marshall's family came over and he reflected on the fact that being with Jackie made him want to write poetry for the first time in a long time. But that he had like this idea that he had, I guess, previously considered himself a poet, but like not been writing for a long time. And now she's made him want to write poetry anymore. Uh, Again, I felt like that was so beautiful. He is, I'm obsessed with him, I guess. And he's also gorgeous. I think they're both great. I think they both have like in some ways, like what is good about both of them isn't working together. Like, I feel like he is very caring and she's very uh, sort of, well, it, I don't know. We could talk about, I, I don't think that we're getting the whole story on the, on the sex stuff. I don't think we're getting the whole story like at all. Have, have you both noticed that 
There's now been two times in the most recent episodes where Marshall has referenced some kind of fight or falling out that they've had that we they don't show us the footage of. Like they show him coming back with his suitcase and him describing that they had a falling out. Like, I feel like that happened a lot last season with like Colin's in a, but I think it's just a product of once they get back to the real world, they're like going to their jobs. And I'm sure they have like some nights that there are cameras in the house and some nights that there aren't. So just like, but they're actually mm. just living together. So like, if they happen to have a fight on a, on the night, on a night that the cameras aren't there, they like just like have to catch up. Yeah. Which I kind of like in a way, because it's like, oh, they're actually, it does indicate that they like are dealing with life together. Yeah. In it. In, a, in an interesting way but well she she posted a bunch on instagram i think about like about her breakdown in um mexico being about mm-hmm. that her father has cancer and her brother just got out of prison and she's like very i think it, it alluded to the fact that the the even on the show it alluded to the fact that she's kind of supports her family in a pretty significant way but i think there were more specific like health and other issues that she got more into in some instagram that she posted recently yeah yeah, I, I love what you said about like they're both great people, but they the, what's great about them is is not something that brings out the best in the others other person. I think that the one the one moment that stuck out to me in the most recent episodes was his insistence on her wearing his jacket. There was something. <laughs> why did that like resonate or not resonate? Why did that like sear in my mind so much? It was just such a an odd thing for him to keep pushing that she really she really didn't want to wear the jacket and and he was like no and then he like put it on her but i do think it's coming from a place of like he just has so much to give and he just cares so deeply and i think that maybe she's not the right person to receive that kind of thing right now i think you're both right like they maybe they've met at the wrong time in their lives because it seems like he is in this one place and seems to have some language around like supporting a partner that feels like maybe he's been to therapy or you know has some sort of I don't know relationship in his life that's modeling that and she doesn't seem to have that and I really like them both I want the best for them and I don't Me think it's together <laughs> yeah same I do I was kind of weirded out by so when he after they had that fight and then he went to Chelsea's birthday party and was talking with some of the other boys about the fight that they had had. Maybe even Brett specifically, I think, I feel like in my memory, he said something, you know, he was talking about this idea that like, she wants him to be more aggressive, especially in regards to sex. And he's not like that. And he said something along the lines of, you know, I've had relationships in my, because like I'm grown and like she, you know, I've been with women who like haven't, had men like me and so need that sort of aggressiveness and like implying that like that's sort of a more devolved form of need but like I don't know like maybe she's been to therapy and actually been really thoughtful about what she wants and what she wants is an aggressive man and that's fine totally fine yeah so like to kind of say like but obviously and I feel like it's with the jacket too it's this idea that like it's this it's a slight overbearingness of the I'm I'm so giving and I aren't I better than everybody because yes. I'm so giving. It's like if you didn't say that last sentence, actually, it'd be so great. But it's just like a little um, he feels like he thinks a little too highly of himself because he is so in touch with his ability to be giving. 
Yes. And example from this week, the project conversation. Oh, yeah. Miss, miss, misstep. Yeah. All right. Shall we go to another couple? Let's do Paul and Micah. And just briefly, let me say about Micah. Do, do either of you collect Pokemon cards or play Pokemon? Yes. Ed? Like not in, not since um, somebody, I shared a, 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 no, somebody else traded away my holographic Charizard in second grade. And, and I was really out after that. Ed, someone stole my holographic Charizard card too. No way. That's yes. so crazy. Oh my <laughs> This Wait, is this is if we were are the, you pods, the perfect match. <laughs> we are. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, I was just gonna say that Micah episodes one through five, I was really low on her. Micah episodes six, six through eight, six through the most recent three, I felt a lot better about her. And one thing I just noticed about her is that she kind of reminds me of the Pokemon Ditto, who just becomes the other Pokemon that they're around Mm -hmm. because she's like, when she's with lovely people, she's lovely. And then when she's with not lovely people, she's not lovely. And I have no re and and I think that I think what I'm just like, so optimistic about humanity. I'm like the true version of her is the lovely version. I'm going to stand by that, but she's so um, it's just so interesting how she's able to kind of just like take on these different, Forms while still being the same person. Like, it doesn't seem like it's a lie whenever she's kind of morphing into these different people she's around. And obviously, I'm talking about we meet her friends who are not, were not very pleasant to be around, it seemed. Um, but then we see her with her family and we see her with the, you know, like with Bliss and we see her even with Paul and she's like so lovely. So that's my main observation. She's a, she's an interesting, an interesting one to me. Would you say that maybe that's a product of, um, adapting back and forth between her homes in Washington and Arizona Arizona. must be it must be well you know I really and I know this was the start of a fight but I actually really appreciate it when Paul said about Shelby like well her opinion doesn't really mean anything to me because I was thinking you know if you are with someone who has those friends had you have to stand in your strength and be like oh god it does not matter what they say because they are really just not even the people i want to associate with and i don't need to get their stamp of approval so i was all for him saying that i was like okay paul yes maybe you have a lot more going on than i originally thought and obviously michael was not receptive of that nor was shelby yeah i think part of it is what em is saying i can't really figure either of them out which maybe means they're good for each other like they're both and i like them both they're both very pleasant They're They like seem to have when they're together, they seem to have like an easy way about themselves. They laugh I feel a like lot. They laugh a lot. I feel like whenever they describe since they've been back in Seattle, whenever they describe their lives living together to somebody else, it sounds really like chill. And it's like, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, like he like called upstairs for me and was like, I miss you. And I was like, like, it sounds very chill and very nice and kind of like what I think living together should be like. Um, I just, I don't know whether we're going to see sort of something. I don't, I guess, I don't know whether we're going to see Micah sort of take, take one of these versions of herself that we've seen and, and sort of 
what that will mean for for their relationship. I do know, I feel like from from the, not to, I mean, this is kind of a stupid way to watch, but from the, like, this season on footage we've seen, we know that she, she says at the altar, I think what I think it would be best for us is if I let you answer first, which I spent, like, five minutes sort of staring at the wall and being like, what are the different outcomes of this? Like, what are, it as far as she's thinking, like, either, it doesn't, I, Either like they know that she's gonna, they both know that she's gonna say yes, and he and so she wants to avoid being embarrassed and let him say yes or no, or she's being mean and they both know she's gonna say no, and which would be crazy. No, but- I think that I think we saw it. Like I think I really like them both too, and I don't actually think the question is which of the two groups is which of the two Micah's is Micah going to wind up being. I think it's more of a question. I think the ball's in Paul's court. I think their conversation in his apartment where she was like, I don't think we should live in this apartment and kind of her commentary on how, when they're having a serious conversation, it's almost as if like he shuts down or it's hard to connect, get, get through to him in, in a way I think that she's actually like quite emotionally mature, it seems, and like like willing to have these very serious and real conversations. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that Paul is yet willing to go there. And I think that that's honestly, you know, fine. It's again just like maybe they met at the potentially the wrong time, if my if my prediction is correct, or you know, she does seem to be quite different from the people he's usually dated so maybe he's someone who will compromise but maybe not as quite as much as she's requesting from him and that's just a decision he has to make but this is all speculative because obviously we don't know but I do think that on decision day it's the first thing you laid out Ed I think that she's definitely going to say yes and I think that that she can tell that he is maybe not and she doesn't want to be humiliated but I don't know Christina what do you think It's just such an example of our different personalities, M, because I was also parsing that comment in the previews so much last night, and I thought, hmm, she has blackmail information on him and wants him to break up with her so she doesn't reveal it in front of everyone in a gnarly breakup. What? What's wrong with me? I don't know. (laughs) That's an elaborate, elaborate cognition you just shared his marine biology work is like really like fraudulent it's fraudulent he faked his data i mean i was thinking like definitely something more like you know i don't you know just like the the way zena broke up with what's his name it was pretty brutal and she's like why don't you do it because what i'm gonna do is gonna disgrace you (laughs) oh interesting okay well Let's hop from them now because I'm stressed. If if <laughs> that even remotely becomes true, you know I won't be able to watch because again We're I have, have to take a pause on the podcast. To take a pause I can't watch people be that bad to be cruel. Kwame and Chelsea, in my opinion, maybe the most interesting couple. She is so ready to be loved, and I love that for her. She is speech pathologist L Woods. And I'm she, uh, with down to the little dog. Speech pathologist 
L. Woods. Is now what she is a speech pathologist? Yeah, but just the L. Woods is such a well, great. Well, she loves. She's like. She loves pink. She loves pink, and she loves pink. Like for she like has a reason behind it. She's like, I moved out of like my partner's place, and I had never been on my own and like had an ability to decorate and sort of live in my own vibe and this is my vibe and I thought that was really so terrific it seems strained and I'm I worry especially like seeing Kwame continue to go talk to Micah hearing him in the confessionals be like she'll always have a special place in my heart it feels like it feels like he's idealizing her and they have this conversation at that dog bath place, which is iconic with the book wearing those aprons. But he's he's like, he's like, that's a lot of compromise. And she's like, marriage is compromise. And he's like, well, how much compromise? And there's a lot coming from this side. And I don't know, it's an interesting question, right? Like, if you're overcorrecting, especially like as a woman who hasn't been properly treated in the past, and like asking a lot of your partner, like what's you know, you're both aiming for a mark and have different ideas of where that balance should be, probably. And it seems like he's looking at, at Micah as somebody who wouldn't make him compromise as much. And that feels dangerous. Not as far as like, I think that they'll end up together. But I think that he will not want to, um, he will want to leave himself open to the idea that there is somebody else out there who won't ask as much of him as Chelsea is asking of him, which I think is really nobody's fault. But and let me tell you, what a great example of counterfactuals being our reality. I make, mm. you know, I'm just if you haven't if you if the listeners haven't realized this, I love the concept of counterfactuals and I think it's really meaningful to also think about what are people choosing as their counterfactual to make them feel better about the underlying decision that they want to make. Counterfactual, the choice you can make can also like what you choose to compare your current reality to can is itself an interesting choice and can also sometimes be done to license you to behave, to make yourself feel more okay behaving a certain way. So not to say this is what Kwame is doing, but in Ed's example of him thinking about Micah, maybe not making him compromise so much, it's not like someone's imposing that counterfactual on him. He's choosing to use that as his comparison alternate reality and I think that that is uh, a meaningful, a meaningful choice that he's making. Do we even have to say anything, Brett and Tiffany? No, I think they're the. I think they're good. I think they are. To go back to my thesis, I think they're the ones who came in and were like, they have one funny moment where she's like, I'm. She's like, what color are you wearing? And she's like teal. And he's like, oh my god, I'm wearing teal too. And they like, that's that, and that's fine. It is one of those like dumb coincidence connection things. But I feel like more generally, they are. So good to go. Yep. Agreed. We love them. Okay. In episode one, Paul says that he thinks it's a really sound experiment. And I want to know, how sound is this experiment, M? Tell me. I'll tell you. Thank you so much. I've been preparing for this moment. In grad school, the entirety of my work was running experiments. You might have called me an experimentalist. So I have some thoughts about this comment. This is a bad experiment. And let me tell you why. For something to be a good experiment, you need to have two conditions, at least a control condition 
and a treatment condition. And ideally, those people in those conditions are randomly assigned so that you know that there's no thing where like some people who are interested in this thing are selecting into that group. And then you say, okay, the experiment worked, but it's like, just because those people are the type of people who would have, who would have enjoyed this. So let me tell you the ways in which this experiment are flawed. Number one, there's only one condition, the treatment condition. Everyone is going through the same experimental condition, which is the pod situation. Number two, there's no random selection and random assignment. They're selecting everyone who is interested in this situation. Number three, there's no discussion of mechanism. Mechanism is like, okay, so you find that there's a difference between having the lights on and having the lights off on your mood. Why is that? There's no discussion of like what the thing is that's making it quote unquote successful. I think the best example of, I was trying to think, what is a sub experiment within this experiment? What's the closest we have in this show that resembles a pure test of this question? And I think it is um, the Zach situation, which is arena and bliss. And the fact that actually it didn't work out when they got out of the pods with arena and it, it might be working out with bliss. So that to me falsifies the premise that love is blind because he went with someone else. And then when love wasn't blind, it didn't work out. And then when love wasn't blind, he went with someone else with whom it is now working out with. Here's how I would propose redesigning the experiment to maximize being able to support the hypothesis that love is blind. Number one, you need to have a group of people who are fully able to see each other and interacting in the same way. So have the pods have everything, but no wall in between them. Everything else is the same, but the wall is gone. Okay. Same premise. Love isn't blind versus love is blind. The wall version. But do then you, you keep need... the wall up, but make it transparent. So it really is yes. just about sight, not about Ed, touch. incredible point. A hundred percent. You have a wall there. It is transparent. Unlike the wall, unlike, unlike the wine glasses, you can fully see each other. Everything is the same, except for you can see each other. Are we getting it? People love is, or is not blind. Then you have the pod version. Again, everything is the same. Only you can't see each other. Importantly, you recruit people who are maybe interested in having a romantic partner, finding love, blah, blah, blah. And then you randomly put them into those two conditions. So there's no thing where people who are more likely to want to, there's something different about the people who self-select into the blind condition. And then the last thing I'll say is that even if you were to find that the couples were more likely to work out in the non-transparent wall condition... We don't know if it's truly because that is like making you really understand someone on a different level, or it's just creating this narrative that people are really excited to believe in about falling in love with someone without seeing them. So I think that that's another important thing to say. And I would just say across, thank you for listening to my TED Talk, across all seasons, this one to me is the most, most evidence against the fact that love is blind because there's so much messiness when people are meeting each other in real life and considering their second choices once they've seen each other. And I guarantee if you put them all in a room together and had them see each other in these pods, they would have chosen differently. And I think more couples would have probably worked out. Like I think Brett and Tiffany would have probably still 
chosen each other. And then like the other couples probably would have self-selected a little bit better. It's not a sound experiment. Okay, let's play the game. Great. Ed, here's what we're going to do in our final minutes together. We're going to give you a quote that someone on a season of uh, Love is Blind has said, and you are to tell me, number one, would this be something that would make them appealing to you as someone that you would ultimately get engaged to? And number two, guess who said it? Feel. Feel? All right. This is in response to the question, how do you feel about PDA and stuff? And this contestant says, I will literally have sex with my wife in public. Okay. It was that weird guy who was wearing leopard print in this season. Correct. I forgot his name. What was his name? We don't know his name. We called him irrelevant LIV <laughs> contestant. I feel like that's not a deal breaker as a rule, but like if you're, if that's your, if that's the answer to the first question, no. Okay. That's a no. Next. When we're 95 years old, my boobs might be like dragging on the floor, but I need you to love my saggy boobs. It's a, it's a no. And it's, um, God, I feel like it's like Giannina. It's not. And it's, that's, yeah, it's Was Lauren. it Alexa? Lauren? No, it's Lauren from season one. Lauren and Cameron. Oh, good. Oh, great. I love that for them. Well, look, love isn't blind, is it? Because you would have said yes if you knew it was her. <laughs> that's so true. I love you. I just kind of hate you a little bit too but I think I love you more. Honestly, yeah. And, <laughs> and You're going to regret saying that. <laughs> is it, is it like Bartiz? It's Cole. I, okay, that was my second choice. If you don't eat the bread, it's going to be really unattractive. Yeah. And I would say that that's Cole. Was it still Cole? No. And these quotes are really hard to identify. I'm really more interested in whether or not you would date someone who says <laughs> these things because they're helping me learn about you. It's a yes to this. And this is Shayna. <laughs> she really, she would have done so much better in one of these later seasons where we're really sort of giving more airtime to people who are getting second chances. She got that, she got that like moment with Shane. I'm trying to look hot for my man and go to Cabo on the weekends. I'm not sitting at home worried about my neighbor's garden. Cabo on the weekends. Okay, so probably from Dallas, I would guess. Oh, Alexa. And yes. Is it Alexa? <laughs> no, it's Raven, but close. Your Dallas, oh, your okay, geo okay, is okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah, great yeah. job. Great job. Great job. <laughs> okay, here's one. I think I'm a huge tool, 100%. I own that. That's fine. I get it. Okay, that's a no. And that's Shane. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Great job. He's very emotionally available. To me, it's a bit of a red flag. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. And like Colleen? No. I feel like who are, we, we don't know a season two. Who's the season two person who said that? Who would have said that? I can't remember any season two people except for Danielle, who definitely didn't say that. Um, let's go Colleen. It, it was season two. Who was it? Jessica. Um... You remember Jessica? She's also married now. Wait. Of, Je of Jessica and Mark, the blonde who was like. Yeah, that's season one, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. that was season one. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They had, a, they had a tough go of it. We've got two more. Okay. You have to do these both. Um, I was going to say, maybe I can. <laughs> what y'all sipping on? <laughs> yes. Amber. No. This was Josh. Current season. Oh, God, yeah. It was the best uh -huh. moment for me. Uh-huh, yeah. 
He was just, he went up to the ladies and he was like, what y'all sipping on? And they were like, oh, yay. <laughs> All right. Last one. Yeah. Yes or no. And who said it? I'm obviously Nick Lachey. Uh, yes. And Nick Lachey. Great job. You passed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final question for you, Ed, and you will be coming back on because I feel like we just scratched the surface here. But our final question for you that we like to ask all guest lecturers, what reality TV show would you be on if you had the choice of all of them? I feel like Survivor at the end of the day, probably. Why is that? I mean, well, actually, that's not true. I like wish I could be on Selling Sunset, but I don't have, I just, I, I know I can't cut it. But I also can't really cut it on Survivor, but I would be more, I'd be more likely to be able to cut it. You would want to be like a real estate agent on Selling Sunset? I mean, like, I would just, I don't know. I just want to be around. I just want to, like, be at the O group. I just want to have a desk and say things like the silent of the lambs. Have you guys watched? You want to ring of, a bell? I want to ring a bell. Have you watched any of um, Heather and, and Tarek's new HGTV show? No, My spouse you? watches it all the time. It's really? always on in the living room. <laughs> There's only a few episodes out, right? Yeah, I think it, it is. It's going weekly. And it started a couple weeks ago. It's grand. It's so lovely. I just for hours, I could just I could live in with the El Musas. Okay, um, so maybe that's his answer. <laughs> the, the, uh, on the flipping El Musas, yeah, as, yeah. as a roommate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd go on the flipping El Musas. That's great. Guaranteed. No other guest will ever give that as their answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we are so happy that Ed joined us today. Ed, anything you want to plug about, I don't know, cool stuff you've watched? Flipping El Musa's, I guess, is a plug. But... Uh, I'm loving Top Chef this season. I, I'm I'm just truly... Wednesdays now are so exciting because now that I'm caught up on Vanderpump, I have, like, I get to watch Survivor and then Vanderpump Rules. I mean, literally, what could be better, you know? I would I would love to talk about what, what a queer Love is Blind would look like, you know? I would too. I put that in my notes and we didn't get to it. Next time. Do you want to you want to talk about it? Just... I don't know. No, I don't know. I think it'd be so I mean, I guess you'd have to do sort of Christina famously, I've not watched the queer season of Are You the Ones. I know, Whoa. which is which is dreadful. Sacrilege. <laughs> it's the other seasons are trash compared to it. Yeah. Yeah. Complete um, trash. No, I don't know what it would be. Just something to stew on, you know? Let's what we need to do for your next episode is we need to do some homework and watch all of the famous queer seasons or shows and then come together and, and create the perfect queer dating show. Great. Oh, I um, love that. I does that love... include what was the gay one was like my own Prince Charming or something? Yeah, that one. So there were a few queer couples on. Um, this is where I really stumped M when we met 12 Dates of Christmas oh, on HBO okay. Max, which is now removed from that platform, but I'm sure oh, we can yeah. find it. Okay. That Tila Tequila, I feel we would have to look back yeah, at. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And obviously, Queer Are You the One? And Love Trip Paris, which I will endorse until the end of time. And um, definitely, I mean, some of the earliest gay representation in my life, which were the gay episodes of Next. Yes. Wow. So I saw those when I was babysitting and had not thought about this until this moment. I probably won't process that. <laughs> on here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That was going to be my other answer to um, what dating show would you go on would be next. I love next. Well, okay, great. Thank Ed, you guys for having me. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for being here. And uh, 
see you next time listeners I'll see you guys next time should i do the should we do the ending yeah do you remember what you have to say i'm christina are you is that what i say and i'm M. class dismissed and that's the episode this podcast was recorded and produced by us M and christina the views thoughts and opinions are ours alone special thanks to caroline reedy for episode art Check out her work at doot underscore doodles on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Want to get in touch? Send us an email. RealityTVPHDPod at gmail.com. See you next week.